0: So last week we had sort of a unplanned service, amen? A good one, that's right. Love it when the Holy Spirit interrupts us. I did find out one sort of humorous thing that happened. But you know, Chad, who was the dad who baptized his son, River, that day, Got dressed after the baptism and raced out here and got on the band stage and to play the drums for us and uh, played through a couple of songs that we needed to be done and I knew that we wouldn't be here long so I looked over and said no don't anyone go anywhere only to find out Chad who had just been in the water needed to be in the water closet immediately. (laughs) He told his wife, he told his wife, when the pastor goes, no, don't leave, he's like, oh no, what am I going to do? Uh, So that's servitude for you, that is sacrifice in the name of the Lord, amen? You have to remind him of that, say thank you, Chad, for that sacrifice. We're not going to be in Acts today. We're going to be in the book of Romans. We're going to step out of Acts today as we do an installation service. So I'm going to give you a message that prepares us to help us to understand why we're doing what we're doing today. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. So if you want to open with me to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, as we look at this text as it pertains to worship, service, gifts, and the most specifically, Everyone. Throughout the Bible, there are life lessons that are revealed to us, truths that we are urged to apply to our lives so that we might live a life more richly and more fully. Today, we are told to present ourselves as living sacrifices, much like Chad, okay? So we're going to read from verse down from 1 through 8 and see what these examples are and who is included in these and other examples that urge us to serve, Romans 12 and 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and what is perfect." having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. If prophecy, do so in proportion to your faith. If service, in serving. The one who teaches, let them teach. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes, do so generously. The one who leads, do so with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, do so with cheerfulness. Amen. Now, here comes the catch. Now, oftentimes this passage will come up when we're talking about gifts, specifically spiritual gifts, but one cannot read without the question coming to mind, what is my gift? What is the gift God wants me to use to build up the body and the kingdom that he has given to me to use as my spiritual act of worship, as my living sacrifice, my spiritual sacrifice? A living sacrifice is inspired with the spiritual life of the soul. It is Christ living in the soul by faith that makes the body a living sacrifice. So Paul's not talking to unbelievers here, but to believers. Because it is only the born again who have the Holy Spirit residing within them. So knowing that, listen again to what God calls out in verse 3. He says, I say to everyone among you, he's talking to born-again believers, those who have the Holy Spirit residing within them. Now, because I didn't want to get this wrong, I went and looked up the Greek word used here for everyone, as it can be differently translated, depending on what Bible translation you use. The word's translated everyone 28 times. Forty-one times it means all men. It can be translated all for 748 times in about six other ways, but they all have the same inference to every one. But then I went to Webster's Dictionary, and I looked up everyone. Surprisingly, you know what it means? Everyone, Every person. So everyone means the whole amount, everyone, every family member, all. Now, I want you to help me out here. I want you to turn and look at someone on your right and say, Everyone means us. That's right. And if you didn't have somebody on your right, turn to your left and say, Everyone means me. Okay, Everyone means everyone who is a born-again believer. Now, I'm a firm believer that when God wants to make something in his word the kind of truth you can throw yourself on your own sword, he'll tell us at least three times. And he does that when he comes to everyone and their gifts for his service. Ephesians 4 says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. First Corinthians 12, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, variety as of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all, and you're never going to guess this, everyone, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 1 Peter 4, but based on the gift they have received, here it is again, everyone should use it to serve others as good manage of the very grace of God in order that in everything God may be glorified. Amen. God clearly expects everyone to use the spiritual gift or gifts and the the faith and the grace that you have been given to serve Him by serving others. To build up the body of believers so that we might all be edified and God glorified. Now, knowing how some of us think, you may still be saying, surely he still must not be talking about me. Because I have no spiritual gifts. Even though God has seen fit to place in multiple places in his word that we all have at least one Spiritual gift. He's got a list of them all throughout the Bible. Here's a short list. You might have wisdom. You might have knowledge, faith. You might have the gift of healing. You might have the gift of performing miracles. Ooh. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be nice, huh? You might prophesy, you might distinguish between spirits. You might have the gift of languages, interpretation of languages. You might be called to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. You might be called to serve or to encourage or to give. You might be called to lead or to show mercy. Amen? Can I get it with us, Patty? Show mercy. (laughs) And there's more. This is not an exhaustive list. I say that because Patty had a meeting with me. Not long ago after we had a message and she came in to tell me in my office to tell me exactly which vegetable I was in the garden that day. (laughs) Was one of the early alphabet vegetables. Now this is not an exhaustive list. But it is a list by which we can see that God intends for his people to use their gifts to serve the body. To further clarify that we all have to be involved, one biblical commentator places these gifts in four categories. I wish I had put this in your bulletin. I didn't. He says there are establishing gifts. That is gifts that are used primarily for planting and growing churches. Administrative and leadership gifts. These gifts are used primarily to organize and administrate the church. They're supporting gifts so that the church may best carry out its responsibilities. There are ministry gifts. These are the tools that the Holy Spirit utilizes for the ongoing ministry of the church. You know, we have a lot of people with uh, uh, ministry gifts that they didn't even know they had them. Can I get a witness clay? All right, see, there's, there's a couple that teaches our children's church. Did you think ever in your entire life, young life that it is, that you would be a children's church teacher? No, you didn't. I would like to go on record. I knew the boy when he was a child, and I didn't believe it either. <laughs> he was nowhere near in that scope for me. He was like me in the, in the yearbook, least likely to be in the ministry. Okay? Thank God he found a good woman. But he did, and now he has a gift I mean, it's a gift that keeps on giving, right? I mean, look what's happening in our children's church, man. How cool is that? And then they become youth, and they go off to camp, and they come back, and they're fired up, and they want to evangelize. Everybody's going, let's get baptized. I love it. It's good stuff. The person we know as a church pastor must have some competency in ministry gifts and, and, and administrative gifts. Pastor Neal had some of these gifts, but his primary gifting fell into the establishing gifts, as he was first and foremost an evangelist and a church planter. Okay? That's, that's, he loved, that, that was. Not only did he know that that was a gift, he loved it as being his gift. When we were in the other church, uh, you know, I knew I was never called to be an evangelist. And so about once every three months, I had a pastor down south, and I'd bring him up. And, buddy, he would tear into the flock. And if you weren't saved when you left there, you knew you were going to hell. (laughs) But he he did good. I mean, that, that wasn't my gifting. It was his. Each one of us, upon our acceptance of Jesus Christ and renewal of our spirit, has received a gift. These gifts are not always immediately, clearly seen. But they will be recognized in each of us as we receive unction or urging by the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times that unction will come, and you know what we'll do? Ah, uh, No, I don't, th- uh, I don't think so. No, that can't be me. I, I'm not qualified. Uh, or if I had the time, I'd do it. Oh, no, I'd have to leave early. We come up with more excuses than the law allows. As a matter of fact, many times we choose not to explore our spiritual gifts because they don't line up with our talents or our known abilities or desires. And so once again, I'm going to give you Clay, all right? He he wasn't the poster boy that we knew growing up, okay, that says his talents, his abilities, and his desires would line up with where God gifted him. Do you see what I'm saying as a matter of fact, one of the things I, I try to not to do, if you come to me and say you're equipped to do a certain thing and you want to work in ministry, that's not the ministry I want to put you in. Because I don't want you to work on your own steam. I want you to rely on Jesus Christ, amen? And then once you figure out, hey, I can do stuff through Jesus that I thought I never could do before, then use your talent, use your ability, and God will multiply it. We would have preconceived ideas of what the outcome of the talent is supposed to be, when God's idea for talent may be completely different. I know an artist who, like all artists, was struggling to get by financially, and I suggested he start to make Christian sayings on various canvases and sell them for twenty dollars or so. This was a number of years ago, okay, and he could not see his gift being used in that way because he was a portrait artist. He just couldn't—he couldn't fathom it. I, I, he even said, so I could never use my gift for that. Man, you can't go to a Hobby Lobby, an Ace Hardware, you know, uh, any store almost, Walmart, Walgreens, and not find something that's got a scripture passage written on a piece of tin that's painted on there or something. Amen? Now this was before all that was popular. I mean, God was like, hey, there's a door opening here, but he just couldn't see his gift being used to serve the Lord in that way. Mm. i had been a born-again believer about four years before I was baptized. You see, I had this preconceived idea that I was supposed to be baptized in a creek, by a little church in the mountains, you know? And so, a wiry pastor, you know, would... I'm going to baptize you, boy, and when you come out of the water, you're going to be new in the newness of Jesus Christ. And I'll be, amen, do it, give me it. And I woke up one day and Jesus said, you need to be baptized, you need to be baptized right now, go and do it. And I'm like, but there ain't no creeks. And I was baptized in that little building over there. And it was in his timing, because within, I had not a clue, within six months literally from being taken under the water and raised in the newness of life, I was standing there saying, I baptize you. Gifts of God. Gifts of God. That's why I tell people when they go in the water. Don't blow it off. He'll use that water in the way he uses the Lord's Supper. It's spiritual, and he will give you gifts in the water. Mm. Pastor Neil and I share a common experience that when we received the call, as it were, we were both led to the same passage in 2 Timothy 4.2 that says, Preach the word, persistent at whether convenient or not. Amen to that. Rebuke, correct, encourage with great patience, and teaching and understanding. Now I want to take a quick look at the difference between a gift, a talent, and a skill. Here's the definition from various scholars. What is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a God-given ability. Spiritual gifts are non-physical. They can't be touched with physical hands. They're an expression of our uniqueness, of our calling. Spiritual gifts are spiritual abilities to do certain things. Gifts are distributed to individual Christians by the Holy Spirit that allow Him to work through their lives, To help the church execute its mission on earth. Spiritual gifts are given at rebirth. And are meant to be given away. And shared with others. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is. Probably because sometimes you decided in your life. You weren't willing to share it with somebody else or give it away. That's what they're meant to be used for. Natural talents. Our physical abilities to do special things. Some natural talents might be musical ability, carpentry, mechanical aptitude, artistic skills. Natural talents are often the vehicle through which spiritual gifts can be used. For example, example, a Christian vocalist may have the spiritual gift of evangelism being expressed through the vehicle of musical talent. You understand? See that? A talent is something you are born with and or work for. My, uh, the dad that raised me, my stepdad, I was 16. Uh, and we were in North Georgia at his parents' house, my grandparents' house. And uh, all the rest of the folks was up in there in that little holler in North Georgia. My grandfather was a coon hunter. You know, so I mean, we was back up in the woods. And uh, all the rest of kin were there, and we were having dinner there at the granny's house. And uh, we got done, and they all sat around on the front porch. All of a sudden, guitars started coming out. All the brothers started playing guitars, and then all of a sudden, my dad picked one up. And he started playing. I'd never seen him play a guitar in my entire 16 years of life. But it was a talent. It was genetic. You know, his brothers did it. His mother did it, his dad did it, and he could do it. It was a natural, God-given talent. Sometimes you might have one of those in your family somewhere. Mm. A talent is something you're born with and or work for. Sometimes called a natural ability. Talents are not gifts in that giving them away is not the only way to use them. Amen? We use our talents to make a living often. They can be used for ourselves and be shared with others if we choose. Some folks might be good singers, but only sing to make themselves happy. Some may paint, but only paint for themselves. Some may write to express emotions. I've tried to play a multitude of musical instruments, but I don't have the natural talent to do so. That's my rhythm, boys. It's terrible. And I'm telling you, I've tried almost every musical instrument there is. I mean, did I get my hands on? it? Just It is not there. However, talent can be seen as channels through which our gifts are served to the church and to the world, transcending the spiritual through the physical. A good example is those who provide our music to each, us each Sunday. Skills. Unlike gifts and talents, which come by intuition, skills come by tuition. They are learned and developed through training, you can learn a lot of skills in our lifetime, most of which we simply trade for an income. When our talents and our honed are honed into skill sets, we are better equipped to carry out our jobs. Now, when we take a natural talent, work to increase our skill in it, then if the Holy Spirit places a spiritual gifting upon us along with that, we become the best we can possibly be. Amen? So, when we form our gifts, our talents, and our skills into a core to three, Each complementing the other, we're able to give the maximum glory to God. Amen. One biblical commentator says it like this. Your gift is the creativity in you to serve the kingdom. Your talents are the outlets to which you serve your gifts. And your skills make sure you're the best at applying the two. Now, I'm going to skip through some of this. Because that's the way I am because I want to get to this installation service. But I want to tell you this. There's a parable, and you guys might know it. It's parable of the talents. So Jesus basically says there's this uh, manager, and he's got to go away. So he takes and he chooses three of his subordinates. And he says, I'm going to give you five talents. I'm going to give you or ten. I'm going to give you five, and I'm going to give you one closer than actually i think it's five two and one okay five two and one so go use them and make some money for me get interest do whatever you got to do so when i come back we'll see how you are so he shows back up and he goes to the one who has he gave five to and she says wow man i took those five i immediately invested them i now have 10 more he said job well done good and faithful service go in peace Goes to the one with two. Wow, I did the same thing the one did with five. I went and invested them. I only made four. He said, good job, good and faithful servant. You know, go in peace. Then he went to the one who only had one. And the one who had one said, I know you're a harsh leader, that you uh, expect things even when they don't come about. And so I was afraid. And so I took my talent and I hid it. But there's good news. I still have it, and I'm giving it back to you. And you know what he said? You wicked servant. If you knew that that's the way I was, why did you do that? Now I'm going to take you, and I'm going to throw you out, and there will be with those who are gnashing of their teeth. Okay? It's actually a, a parable about heaven, primarily. It's talking about those who use their gifts and those who throw their gifts away. Okay? And what will happen? He says, those of you who have been given a little and proved faithful with it will be given more. But those of you who have taken what you are given and don't use it at all, what you had will be taken from you and you'll be thrown out with those with the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now we read here and we read here and we read here that who has a spiritual gift if you're a born-again believer? Everyone. All three of those had spiritual gifts. You can think of the talents as the gifts that they had, the things that they chose to serve the Lord with. Okay, The one who chose to just hide it and not use it. What was Jesus' recommendation? You will be thrown out with those who will be great weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's just something to think about. When the Holy Spirit gives you the unction and says, I gave you this gift, and you're supposed to give that gift away, whatever it is. Father, we thank you for this word today, Lord God. It is a hard word, but it is a encouraging word in that we might know that we all have spiritual gifts, but there's consequences. If we choose to use them, they will be multiplied, and we will be given more and greater gifts. But if we choose not to use them at all, Father, you will discipline us just as a good father disciplines a son or a daughter. Amen. Within this body of believers, we have many who serve God in our many ministries. They do so with their talents, their abilities, their skills, and their gifts. We also have two types of recognized. Those are, are ordained or called out clergy, and we have deacons who have been called by God to serve not just the body, but the shepherds within the body, the pastors. They've been called out by God, tested by their peers, and found to be qualified so that they're ordained as servants for the body. We also have pastor clergy who have received a lifelong call by God and his earthly ambassadors. They too have been tested by their peers, found to be qualified, and then ordained. Over the years, we have seen them working here in this body and preaching, evangelism, helps, prayer, and teaching ministries. We've had Pastor Neal, Pastor Carl, Pastor Larry, and myself... As ordained men of God who are called into a lifelong ministry. Those of us who believe that we've been received this lifelong call go through a time and a process of discovery during which we allow God to test us. uh, And then he confirms within us his call and what our calling is. During this time we are licensed as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ prior to full ordination. Pastor Ryan believes he is one who's been called, and this prior denomination that he was licensed within the ministry of the gospel, placed him with the responsibility of five congregations within his district. Now Pastor Ryan finds himself outside that denomination's purview, so we wish to recognize his calling as he continues his path to full ordination by licensing, Seeing him today. So if I could have my elders come up. Nope. I don't stand there, when I know Pastor Ryan, you'll stand right here by Mr. Lest. Just as each of us who are born-again believers are called to use our gifts to serve, some are called to be set apart, and that the primary focus of our talents and our gifts and our skills is to be for the glorification of the Lord. Brian Lewis, do you believe that this is what you have been called to do? You might want to say it so everybody can hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Word of God says, do not be quick to lay on hands. Rather, select from you men of good reputation, both spirit and wisdom. Brian, we believe that you are one of these men. Brian, are you prepared to meet the higher calling God expects from you in his kingdom work? Yes, I am. Brian, we're taught in Genesis chapter two, it's not good for a man to be alone. So God created a woman, and give him to give the man the woman to come alongside of him and help him. Brian, is your wife ready to come alongside you in this ministry and do whatever she needs to do to help you perform your duties in this body of believers? Faith Community Church, this charge is to you. Are you willing to financially support, rebuke, correct, encourage with great patience and sound teaching Ryan in this task? And then we at New Faith Community Church welcome you as a pastor in a body of believers. Amen.